Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I was working for a pastor. I was a student pastor before I came to pastor of this church 20, over 25 years ago. And a pastor had hired me to come and, and work with the teenagers and the young people of the church. And that pastor that had hired me only stayed seven months after I'd been there. And then he left and another pastor come in. That particular, this particular pastor wasn't from the South. He was from another part of the country. And so after being there about six months, he said, Jeff, you know the problem I have with you Southerners? I said, what's that? He said, I have the problem that you guys just don't say it. You know, you just beat around the bush and you don't just say what you mean. You don't just say it. I said, okay, wow, yeah, you know, all right. So about three weeks later, on a Monday, we'd come in. It was like sort of a little mini staff meeting. The church wasn't as large as ours. Sort of mini staff meeting between he and I. And he said, oh, by the way, he said, Jeff, what did you think about the sermon that I spoke on yesterday? I paused just a moment, processed, and said, it wasn't any good. Yeah. Almost lost my job. Because I say, he said, you know, I want, we want to hear it. We want to hear it just like that. Bam, you know, tell me the truth. And I did. I was like, I processed and I did just what he said. I said, it wasn't any good. You want, you want the truth. And, but what I found out was this, is that when it comes to him speaking, he wanted to say it like it is. But when it comes to, to people like me speaking to him, he wanted me to beat around the bush. <laughs> well, in this, this story that we're about to read, Jesus tells us because he's trying to, he's doing the more subtle approach this time. Look what it says. In Luke's gospel, Jesus says that, look, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on who? Everybody. Everybody. You know anybody like that? Look down on everybody. Look down on everybody. Everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Okay, so Jesus is talking to people that are a little haughty right now. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee was a person that was very, very religious, okay? Like a priest or a, or a preacher kind of deal. The other, a tax collector. Now, a tax collector was a person who actually collected taxes for the government, but they would add their own fee and they would charge you whatever they wanted to charge you. So people didn't like them. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other man, other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now, how would you like to be in that church, all right? He just prayed out loud. I'm glad I'm not like him and said it out loud. He goes on to say this, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. 
Now, notice this last part, okay, because this is where we live. Look what he says. For everyone who exalts himself will be what? Will be humbled. That's right. And he who humbled himself will be what? Exalted. Do you see that? I remember reading this one day and thought, God, please always bring to my attention because I, I don't want to be humbled by God. I want to be exalted by God. Don't you? So, so the key to that is that if I humble myself, God will exalt me. But if I exalt myself, God's going to humble me. Amen. And let me tell you something. I have been humbled by God and it's not fun. Not fun at all. See, pride is the opposite of humility. Pride simply says this. Pride says, you know, I, pride says this, that I'm better than you. And pride says, I don't need you. Pride wants me to lift me up in order to put you down. And let me just say this. A, a person who constantly criticizes other people to pull them down is a low life person. Because you have to be lower than a person. You have to be lower than a person in order to pull them down. And so when a person is constantly criticizing to pull people down, then that makes them lower than them. And pride is, is the issue when I continue to try to pull people down. Pride, when it, at its height, kills relationships. There's no way to get better in your relationships if you're prideful. I never will forget Rhonda's look. It was um, in one of those seasons that we were going through that was a, a little difficult season. And if you ever dated anybody for a long period of time, you've been married for any short, any period of time, you have those seasons. Amen, everybody? Amen. Okay, don't just look at me like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you've been together any time, you've had some seasons. Amen. And we was going through one of those seasons. And I remember her, you know, talking to her and saying, well, you know what? Well, I got this. And she'd say something else. I said, well, I already got that. And I got this and I got that. And, 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 and I looked toward her and she looked at me with this look on her face and said, Jeff, you don't need me, do you? I never forgot that moment. Because really what, it was, what she was saying is that you're so full of yourself that you can't see that you need, you're making me feel like I'm not needed. Amen. And that is the height of all pride. It's pride when it's full blown says, I don't need you. Yes. I don't need you. And the same can happen with God. It's when we feel like we can just do this all on our own and we don't need him. That's what pride is. That's what caused the devil to get kicked out of heaven, was it? Is that he said, hey, I want to be God. I don't need you. And God kicked him out. It's that same spirit that we have to be very, very careful of. So today, there's a word, two words I'm going to give you today that I think are the, these words are words that bring down pride more than anything else. And let me just tell you something. They're very, very hard to say. And those two words are, I need I need. Would you say those two words with me? Come on, let's say them together. Ready? Come on. I need. Come on, you at home as well. Let's say it. Come on. I need. I need. Those two words are so humbling 
Because when you say, I need, you're no longer saying, I got this. I can do this. No, you say, I need. It, you begin to humble yourself. Amen. I want to give you this statement that I hope that you will remember the rest of your life. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it together. Here we go. I receive when I share my need. Now, when I say I need, automatically your mind may have went to a needy person. Listen, listen. There's a difference between sharing a need and being a needy person. There's a difference. And today I want to talk to you about how to share your need. How do, how do I share my need? We're going to go into the scripture. And there's a, there's a guy in the Bible. His name is Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is a blind guy. And, and, and the only way that he gets to eat and the only way that he gets to sur get survive is that he has to beg because he's a blind guy. He can't work. He's blind. And so in Jesus' day, they would have once a year called Passover. And, and many of you that know about Easter, that was the time that Jesus was crucified. And so it was Passover time. And there was people that was, a, you know, in a surrounding area up to like 75 miles, had to walk to Jerusalem. And, and they would walk up this road. They would go through Jericho all the way to Jerusalem. And, and blind Bartimaeus knew that, hey, this is a time that you get charity, buddy. You know, all these people are coming up the Passover. You make sure to have your cup and get it filled because there's a lot of people coming up there. And this is when I'm, he makes the majority of his money begging. And so he had set up. He was ready on the side of the road. And so we're going to pick up the story right here. But let me give you the point number one. How to share my need number one. Would you write this down? Or, or maybe you can't write it down anymore. Text it or whatever to yourself, whatever. Identify what you need. I know it. I'm so messed up with all this that's going on. Identify what you need. So here we go. Look at Bonimaeus. Here we go. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. Followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. Come on, let's read this out loud. You ready? Ready? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, what was he saying? He was saying, Jesus, I have a need. I have something that I need you to do that I cannot do for myself. That's a need right there. It's something. A need is something that I need that I can't do for myself, right? If I can do it for myself, that makes me needy. But if I can't do it for myself, that means I have a need. I have a need. And so he's saying that, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me because I have a need. Listen, there's a lot of people that are unhappy today and have no idea why they're unhappy. You know why? They've never identified what they need. All they can tell you, I'm unhappy. I'm just unhappy. I'm just so unhappy. I'm just so unhappy in my life. I'm just so unhappy with my parents. I'm just so unhappy in my marriage. I'm just unhappy in my job. I'm just unhappy. Well, what's, what do you need? I don't know. Well, how can you ever get happy if you don't know what your need is, right? If you can't identify what it is you need, then how can you ever get happy until you know what you need? Let me share this with you. God cannot even help you with a need that you've never identified. You have to identify. What is it that you need? What do you need from your parents? What do you need from your children? What do you need from your spouse? What do you need from your... What do you need? That's the question right now I want to ask you. I want to ask you right now, every one of you, what do you need? What do you need? You got to get in your eye. What do you need? Identify what the need is because that's your next step. 
What do I need? So, on the screen again, I want to say this to you one more time. Let's say it again. We'll say it more than one time. It's coming up. Let's say it. Ready? Come on. I receive when I share my need. What do you need? That's good. What do you need? You cannot share a need that you don't know what it is. What do you need? It's getting better, people, all right? This is going to be better than you thought it was going to be, I can tell you. I know what's coming. The second thing I'd like to share with you is this, is how to share my need is refuse to let culture silence you from stating your need. Refuse to let culture, your environment, silence you from stating your need. Now, again, remember Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. He's begging. I mean, it's a field day. And he's like, this is his time of the year, man. He's, he's getting a lot of money. But all of a sudden, he sees an opportunity here that, he, that if Jesus touches him, he don't have to beg anymore. He can get his sight back, right? So he sees the opportunity with Jesus. Now, look what the crowd does. Look what they say. In Mark 10 and 48, would you read out loud the first two words? I mean, like, listen, like you talking to your, your sister when you were growing up or your brother when you was growing up, and they're just talking, all right? I want you to say these words like you say it, all right? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Be quiet. That's right. Put the shut to the up. Right? Shut up. That's what they were saying to Barnabas. Shut up. Put the shut to the up. Be quiet. Many of the people, what they do? Yell. That's right. It's just like in your home. Yeah, your brother and sister, you're going to go, oh, now, sh- sh- you be quiet. Dude. You be quiet. No, you shut up. I'm telling you, shut up. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, you probably didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. Now, <laughs> when I was growing up, we played a game that tortured one another. I mean, we played we play some stupid games when we were kids because they hurt. One of those games that we played, you would like, someone would be standing in front of you like this. You would take your hands and you would put them together like that. So they're standing in front of you, but your hands are together like that, both hands. And you would say, go, and someone would take your hand, they would twist it, and they would bend them back until you scream mercy. When your fingers are about to break off, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like this pain running all through your body. What a stupid game. Why do I want to play a game that's going to bring me pain? Let's play Uno. We would play that game. And we would bend, you know, bend your fingers back and, and finally you go, mercy, mercy. And as soon as you, as soon as you cried mercy, they, they released you. And everybody say, loser. Loser, weakling, loser, you cry mercy, you're a loser, right? Unfortunately, our culture's not changed a whole lot. Because sometimes when we say, I need, the culture says, loser. When I say, I need, we're saying mercy, and the culture says, no, you're a loser if you need something. But that's not what God says. Look what the Bible says right here. Galatians 6 and 2. Would you read out loud that first word? Let's read it out loud. Ready? Come on. Share. Oh, the first word? Now, I know you're smarter than me, but all right, just the first word. Let's say it one more time. Ready? Come on. Ready? Share. Share right there. Don't keep it to yourself. Share with each other's what? Share each other's burdens. Now, look, he goes on to say that this and in this way, obey the law of who? So when I share, 
my need, I am actually obeying Christ. And when I let you share your need, then I'm obeying Christ. Is right? See what I'm saying? Now, I just want to tell you that, again, culture, our environment shapes us. Because when we share a need, we're saying, you're a loser. Like, I can remember, you know, needing help with anxiety and with fear and with anger in my life. But, you know, the culture, the environment that I grew up in said, if you go to counseling, you're a loser. If you cry mercy, if you say you need help, you're a loser. You're a wimp. And, and, and you're just a, a loser if you do that. But thank God, I learned that when I am weak, I am strong. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. And I went, even though what culture said, and it helped me. I can tell you, Rhonda and I, like when, you know, we got married, we didn't know nothing about money. I mean, we didn't know how to manage money. We fought about money all the time. I mean, like, you know, money was on. I got the checkbook thrown at me a few times. (laughs) Oh, you, none of you have ever been there either, I can tell. Oh, you had it all together, right? No money fights. Liars. Culture said, our environment says, if you go get help by asking someone to help you with your money, mercy, mercy, loser, 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 loser. You wimp, loser. That's what culture says. But I thank God that Rhonda and I took a course on finances Amen. from the church, by the way. It was the church that taught us how to live. Amen. We, taught, we took a course on finances. And in 2008, took it again, took another one called Financial Peace University that helped us get our money in order yes. and helped us learn how to get out of debt, yes. it, helping us to live like no one else so eventually we could live like no one else. Yes. And I want to tell you, see, the world will tell you, well, if you need help with your money, you're a wimp, you're a loser. No, 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 no. You're smart. Because you're saying, I don't know it all, right? Pride says you don't need help. But guess what? When you humble yourself, you say, listen, I need some help. And it changes everything. And listen, if you're interested in that, we do that all the time at SEC. There's a group going on right now with Financial Peace University to help you get out of Get, learn how to manage your money, how to pay off debt, and, and, and just get out from under that stress. Oh, my goodness. When you, when you quit having money fights in marriage, then you have to think about something else to fight about. Over 50% of ours was money, so we got better immediately. Our marriage went up 50% once we handled the money issue. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm preaching now, Arthur. Here's another one. This is petty and funny. It's silly. Rhonda and I didn't understand each other. You know, her home and my home were totally different. So when you bring totally different together, (laughs) it's ugly. Oh, we stood at our wedding. We got married. Everybody said, oh, isn't that a beautiful couple? That John and Rhonda and Jeff, they're just so beautiful. They're just made in heaven for each other. And we thought, yes, we are. And then we got married. It's like, oh, my God. Woof. But we, we didn't understand each other's love language. We didn't know there's such a thing as love language. Thought love language, yeah, I love you, you love me, we love each other. Yeah, that's right. I thought that was love language. 
until, you know, I would go, come, I would help around the house. I'd mow the lawn, do all those kind of chores like that, that I thought, you know, I was supposed to do. And then I would, you know, get done with the chores. Hey, Rhonda, while she's maybe cleaning, I'm going to play golf with some of my buddies. I'll see you later tonight. Get my, before she could say anything else, get my club, jump in my car and go before she could say anything else. And get home that night. Woo, Lordy Jesus. Her face would be like, Rrr. I'm like, what's wrong with you? What did I do wrong? Nothing. Nothing. And whenever they say nothing, it's something. <laughs> right? Yes. Nothing means something. What I didn't realize was this, is that Rhonda's love language is quality time. And when I was going off with my buddies all the time and wasn't being with her, then it was saying to her, I don't love you. Now, before you get off, before you think, well, that's silly. No, it's not silly. It's her love language. Mine is different. We, would ride, we could be riding in the car, and Rhonda's sort of quiet person. I know you can't tell it by her singing up here. You think, man, that's the most outgoing person. No, she's not. That's stage. All right? That, that's the, the words of the song are given to her, all right? But when it comes to conversation, she's not like me. You know, she sits up in the car, and she'll just be real quiet over there and just look out the window. And I'm trying to talk to her, and she's not talking. She'll just look out the window, you know, look around. And so I lean over to the console and put my hand over here like, you know what? Why don't you just hold my hand? Look out the window, look out the window. I'm like, no, 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 no. So then I put my hand a little closer over there, you know, like. Here it is, you know, look out the window, look out the, so then I'm like, she's like, what is wrong with you? You having a fit? And then I'm like, nothing, nothing. And by the time we get to where we're going, I am mad. I'm so mad. We get out of the car and I'm like slamming the door. She's like, what's wrong with you? Nothing. And we have a big fight, and she don't know why. You know why? Because I never told her that, that my love language from her is that when she would just hold my hand or just, you know, just touch me, hold my hand. You know, I, and that's my love language with her. And that sounds so weak and so silly. And, you know, just please hold my hand. Just, just hold my hand. Doesn't that sound so silly and weak? But here's what I'm going to tell you. Once we understood that from each other, once I said, I, I need you to hold my hand, and she would say, I need you to be around with me and spend time with me. I don't need you running off every five seconds with your buddies. I married you to be with you. Once she said that, then we began to, once we stated those silly things of how we felt, then we could get better. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is a lot of people are going to go to their grave with an unmet need in their own home because they never had the guts to express it. Amen? Some of you right now are miserable and, you, you know, your spouse, you're mad, you get mad at them and they ask you what's going on. Nothing, because you're not sharing the need. It's when I share, when, I, when I, I receive, when I share my need, amen? And when you begin to say, no, this is what I need from you and, and here's what I need from you, then you can all of a sudden, then the person can say, okay, I can do that. She's like, if, it, if that's all it takes to keep you happy, I'll be glad to hold your hand, baby. And when I say, hey, if that's all it takes to keep you fulfilled, then we can spend all the time you want to together. Just hold my hand. 
<laughs> that sound, then that sounds, mercy, 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 loser, loser, loser. That's what some of you are probably even saying right now. How silly can you get? But listen, I might be silly, but I am fulfilled. Amen. All right. All right. I want you to help me with something. We've got to move on. Don't, don't, don't act me on, all right? I'm ready. You know what I've discovered is that I need from you. I need something from you. In our culture and our environment right now, it's very hostile. Would you agree with that? But what I found that breaks that down is is love breaks that down more than anything else. I want you to I want you to help me tell somebody, hey, I care about you. You know how you do that? Prayer says I care. What, then I thought about, you know, the racial tension that, that our, is in our country and around the world. How do we break that? You know how we break that? Is that we begin to tell people that don't look like us, I have prayed for you, therefore I care for you. Yes. What would it be like? Do you have, do you have anybody in your, in your uh, contacts, in your phone, that don't look like you? Do you have anybody like that in your phone? You should have. And if you, if you don't, I want, to count, I want to challenge you to do that. And I would like for you to just begin, like, once a week, why don't you call, why don't you pray for them, and why don't you just text them and let them know, you know what, I want you to know that I have prayed for you. And when we begin to pray for each other, see, see, when I pray for you means I care for you and that I love you, then guess what? All of a sudden, what the government cannot do, what another law cannot do, will begin to bring us together and we'll realize that we are one in Jesus Christ and that God is for us. No one can be against us and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Amen? Amen. Listen, that's all it takes. I was walking out of the gym the other day, and I got a friend at the gym, and we've been friends for a couple of years, and, and, uh, and I actually text him once a week just to say, hey, man, I prayed for you, and he doesn't look like me. He doesn't look like me, and he was walking by. He, he had told me something. I said, man, I just, before I even thought about it, I said, man, I just want you to know I love you, and I was like, oh, dang, I'm in the gym right here, and all these men are standing around right here like, Whoo. and I know what they were saying. Mercy, 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 loser, loser. But I didn't care. Guess what? Many of them knew what we were talking about. We were brothers in Christ, and we knew that, hey, if God is for us, who can be against us? And it's okay to say in the middle of a gym, hey, man, I think you're cool, and I'm for you, and God is for you, and I love you. Amen. Amen. I don't advise that, though, in the middle of a gym like that. Because I almost got beat up, but... Good thing he was a big guy, you know, but it's like, anyways. Shit, man, why don't you do that? Would you do it? It would change the world. If you just text somebody once a week, I I prayed for you. I prayed for you. I have a lot of people that I do that every week because I, I care about them and I love them. And I want them to know that they're loved. I want them to know that. And so the best thing I can ever do for you is pray for you. And the best thing you can ever do for me is pray for me. The best thing you can do for everybody else is pray for them. And we bring each other together and we pray for each other. Amen? Amen. Let me share one other thing with you on this topic. At SEC, you say, Pastor Jeff, you know, I need to learn to love a diversity of people. Well, let me tell you the best way to do that. Once you become a part of SEC, because when you serve at SEC, you're going to serve a diversity of people. 
You're going to serve people that are not like you, don't look like you. And so I want to challenge you. If you've not been to growth track yet, if you've not partaken of growth track, or partaken, that means like you're going to eat it, right? Then no. If you haven't taken Growth Track yet, I want to challenge you to do it. You can do it online right now. Listen, just email any one of us and sign on your connection card. Whatever you want to do, we will get you that information. All right. Okay, the third thing is this. Before we do that, let's say our point again together. Ready? Come on, here we go. I receive when I share my need. Say it again. I receive when I share my need. That's right. Hold my hand. Okay, you're never going to forget that. Number three. Realize Jesus is asking, here we go, what do you need from me? Jesus is asking you that question. Again, Brian Barnabas is on the road again. Remember, he's begging. The people are passing by, and they've told him to be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And here's what happens. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come to here. Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on. He's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. Who asked that question? Jesus. Jesus Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Barnabas knew what it was like to live a life just trying to survive. Going out begging every day, oh, just help me, just help me a little bit, oh, just help. He knew what that was like. He had to do it. But Jesus knew what his life could be like to thrive. Jesus doesn't just, Jesus does not want you just to survive. He doesn't want you to just survive. He doesn't want you to just survive. He doesn't want you to just survive. And he doesn't want you to just survive. He wants you to thrive. And so guess what? When blind, that's what he said. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus is asking you the same question right now. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Have you asked him? Jesus is asking that question so you can move from survival mode to thriving mode. Look what James says this. Watch this. You want something, but you don't get it. (laughs) Wow. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You know, that's why a lot of fighting is going on in your home even. The reason a lot of fighting is going on is because you you haven't said, I need. Oh, boy, Jesus, help me. Here you go. You do not have because you do not ask who? God. God. Don't ask God. See, there's something that your spouse can't do for you that only God can do for you. There's something that your friends can't do for you that only God can do for you. And so quit looking to those people to do for you what they cannot do for you and look to God who can do anything for you. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Look for God. So my question is this. Listen, here's the deal. I know people that say, you know, when I pray, I don't pray for me. I pray for everybody else. Well, that's not a very smart person. Because Jesus is asking, what can I do for you? What do you need from me? And if you never tell God what what you need from him, guess what you're saying to God is, I got this. 
You're, saying, you're, you're living beneath the privilege of a child of God because you're saying, I got this, I got this. Every time God is saying, you know what, hey, can I help you? You go, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. Maybe, maybe as a world we've been telling God for a long time, I got this, I got this. And maybe, maybe, just maybe God's trying to get all of our attention right now to say, oh, no, you don't got this. Maybe God is looking at us like Rhonda looked at me and said, you don't need me. Have you lived your life that way to where you don't need God? Because if you haven't asked God for something in a long time, it's been a long time since you've needed him. Maybe he's waiting on you to say, I need. God, I need you. I need you to heal my marriage, God. I need you. I need you, God, Lord, to heal my children. I need you. I need you to take care of my parents, God. I need you. I need you, Lord, to restore my finances. I need you, Lord. Lord, I need wisdom tomorrow when I walk on that job. I need you, oh God. I need you to protect me, oh God, from, from the virus. I need you. I need you to put a covering over my family, God. I need you, Lord. I need the anointing on my life, oh God. I need you. I need, I need you in the morning, God. I need you in the noontime. I need you in the evening. I need you at midnight. I need you all the time. I need, I can't live without you. I gotta have you. I need 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 you. Amen. And when I need him, he comes, right? What can I do for you? I need you, oh Lord. I need you to heal our land, oh Lord. We're broken. Our country is broken. Our world is broken, oh God. We can't fix it, oh God. We need you. We need, I need you. I need you. Come on, stand with me. Have you told him in a while, I need you, I need you. Have you told him in a while, I need you. God, this temptation that I keep getting tempted with, that I keep falling into, I need your help. I need you. I need you. You know what? The most humbling thing you can do is tell someone, I need you. And when you tell God, I need you, it's like humbling. And guess what? He said, when you humble yourself, I can exalt you. God cannot exalt you as long as you say, I don't need you. But when you say, I need you, he can exalt you. The most humbling thing you can do in your life is to say, God, I need you. And the greatest way you do that is say, I need you as my savior. I don't just need you as my get out of hell free card. I don't just need you. I don't just need you because I'm going through this crisis, God. No, I need you to save me right now. That's the greatest prayer you can pray. And until you pray that prayer, your life is never going to change. I need you, Jesus. There's people in this room right now that you need to say that. Jesus, I need you. Come into my life and save me. God, I know I've said it before, but I need you to save me today. There's people watching right now online. You're saying, Jesus, I need you to save me today. If you said that, Jesus, I need you to save me, come into my life, forgive me my sins, I want to know. And if you're in this room or if you're watching online, there's a number coming up. 
I just want you to text me, following Christ. Just text following Christ to this number that's coming up on the screen so that I can know and I can pray with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, I come to you. And God, right now, I need you. Lord, there's people in this room right now, God, you know all the hell they've been through. You know, Lord, what everything hell has thrown at them. And those that are watching right now, Lord, from the, uh, Lord, in their bedroom and some on the other side of the planet, oh God, right now they're watching it. And Lord, you know what they've been through, oh God. You know the worry, the anxiety, Lord, the stress, the fear, Lord, the uncertainty. And God, right now, there's so much, Lord, in a knot, Lord, inside. But right now, God, we say, we need you. We need you. We need you, oh God. We need you, not another politician, oh God, but we need you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.